today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood. It's the blood, it's the blood, it's the blood of Jesus that does it all. It's, it's, not, it's not the moral life that he lived that saves us. It's his shed blood. It's his life that he laid down in our place as our substitute, taking our sin for us, that saves us. We all get a clean slate when we receive salvation through Jesus. Before Jesus came, however, the entire earth had to be wiped clean so man could start anew. Today, Pastor Dan discusses the new beginning that God gave man after the flood. All descendants of man came through Adam first, but after the flood, we became descendants of Noah as well. As God set new life in motion through Noah, he established new rules and instructions on how they were to live their lives on the earth. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 9. I'm also going to look at Romans chapter 13 today. Genesis chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, on all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it, and from the hand of man, and from the hand of every man's brother I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply And then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that got out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you, Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud. And it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. 
It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look onto it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Well, this is uh, after the flood. Uh, And God now addresses Noah and his family. And what God does here is he resets his initial plan that he first uh, began with Adam and Eve. Uh, Understand that the flood was not God abandoning his original purpose and plan for mankind. God has the same plan, the same program, but now it goes forth through Noah and Noah's family. Uh, so, the, so the flood was like a reset of the original plan of God. It's a, it's a new beginning. A new beginning. You know, God gives a new beginning to anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We, we get a new start through Jesus. We get a reset on life through Jesus Christ. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away and everything is made new. It's kind of like the flood of Noah. The old things pass away and God makes everything new. We have this new beginning in Christ. In fact, in the New Testament, Peter tells us that the flood of Noah is a picture of water baptism for the believer. You know, just as the flood washed away all of the sin and all of the corruption that was on the earth, The blood of Jesus Christ washes away all of our sin, right? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then when a believer is baptized in water, it's it's a picture. Water baptism is a picture of the old life of sin and corruption being buried in the water and the person rising up in newness of life through Jesus Christ. So it's it's the. The the baptism is uh, similar to uh, the flood of Noah and the way that God washed away all the sin from the earth and started everything new. That's what we have in Christ. Once you're a follower in Jesus Christ, if you if you sin, if you go astray, if you wander from the Lord, the Bible says we can confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us and renew us again. Right. And so we can always come back to the Lord. We can always be renewed. We can always be cleansed. We we always have this reset. Available through us, through confession and repentance. I think that's pretty wonderful. Don't you think that's pretty wonderful? But but we we have this automatic reset through confession. Where we can confess to the Lord and he forgives us and cleanses us. Now, look at verse one here. God says, uh, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, I've pointed this out before, but just to state the obvious here, 
Noah and his family are the only people on the earth at this point. They're the only ones on the earth. You've got one family on the earth. And so all of humanity has its origin in Noah. And before Noah, all of humanity came from Adam and Eve. We came from the same two parents. All of humanity, every person. We all came from Adam and Eve and then through Noah. We all descended from the same parents. Acts chapter 17 verse 26 says, From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. Malachi chapter 2 verse 10 says, Are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? And so we all have the same parents. We're all part of the same family, right? Amen. And then it says here that God blessed Noah and his sons. God blessed Noah and his sons equally. It doesn't say one son is superior or one son is inferior or God blessed one son and not the other sons or that one son was more blessed than the other. They're all equal in God's eyes and they're treated equally by God. They're equally blessed by God and all their descendants now are equal in God's eyes. I don't know if you realize this or not. You probably don't because you don't think about it the way that I do because I think about it all, all the time. I felt led by the Lord to go to Genesis and do Genesis. And think about how much we have studied in Genesis about origin and how we're all part of the same family and how we all descended from Adam and Eve and how we're all created in the image of God. And look at what's happening in our country right now. Do you see how the Lord went before us in this? The Old Testament prophets, we're currently in the book of Ezekiel. We're looking at uh, prophets that are writing at the final collapse of the nation of Israel. And we see what was happening in the nation of Israel when it finally came to an end, when it collapsed because of the corruption and the sin within the nation. The The Lord has gone before us. The Lord, the Lord knew what was coming. <laughs> and it, it, it is, it's so true that, that wherever we are in the word of God, that's where we are. And the Lord knew that. He prepared us by putting us in Genesis and putting us in those Old Testament prophets to speak into our current situation. Anyways. Here they're commanded to be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth. Now this is the same command that God gave to Adam and Eve back in chapter 1. Again, God is just starting things over with Noah here. Uh, you know, some, some commentators describe Noah as a second Adam. You know, so he's just resetting everything now. Everything he wanted to do through Adam and then the world became corrupt and evil and wicked. So God judged that world and now he's, he's starting it all over again with Noah and his, his sons. Verse 2 says, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, and on all that move on the earth, and on all fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth, 
with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Now, previous to the flood, mankind had a, a vegetarian diet. He could only eat vegetables and fruits and, and herbs. In case you didn't know what a vegetarian diet is. <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you what that means. <laughs> now, after the flood, man can eat meat, right? Amen. Oh, happy day. Right? So think about this. Noah was the first person ever to eat barbecue. Come on. What was that like? For Noah and his family and his sons to try ribs. Right? Or a steak. Or hamburger. Or pork chops. For the first time ever. I, I, I'm thinking, I mean, it's Noah. He's got three sons. I bet they've got that grill going every day. Right? <laughs> Just trying new thing, anything they can kill. You know, Dad, what do you think about this? You think this will taste good? I don't know. Put it on the grill. Let's grill it up. Let's see. You know? Daddy Noah's barbecue here. <laughs> We're told here also that since man can now eat meat, God made the animals fearful of man. It says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, of every bird, of all that moves on the earth and all the fish. So, so for their own protection, God puts the fear of man into the animals. And so if you've ever wondered, why are animals afraid of people? You know, the little deer that are in your yard, you know, or in your neighborhood. Why do they run away? Why do, you ever, have you ever, I remember as a kid, did you ever go outside as a kid and just try to call a bird and get it to land on your finger? It never works. Why? Well, they're afraid of us. God made them afraid so that we don't eat them. So they've got a fighting chance here uh, to survive. This also indicates that apparently before the flood, animals were not afraid of mankind. They had no reason to be. After the flood, that all changes now. Where animals are afraid. The Bible tells us when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, he is going to return to the earth one day, literally and physically return to the earth, and he's going to establish his kingdom here on the earth, and he's going to rule on the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible tells us that during the kingdom age, animals will no longer be fearful of people. It's going to return back to the way that it was uh, in the Garden of Eden and before the flood. In Isaiah chapter 11, it says, In that day the wolf will, and the lamb will live together. And the leopard will lie down with the baby goat. And the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And 
A little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy an all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. So during the kingdom age, the way animals relate to each other will be changed and the way that animals relate to people. To mankind will be changed. The wolf and the lamb will live together. The calf will be safe with the lion. And a little child will lead them all. A little child will lead a lion. A little child will play with cobras. (laughs) Isn't that something? For those of you that have small children, how many times your small kids said, I'm bored, right? Well, go find a cobra to play with, right? Or (laughs) take the lion for a walk if you're bored. Now, God does place one restriction on eating meat. Uh, You cannot eat the blood with the meat. Look at verse 4. But you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, its blood. So, the blood must be drained from the animal before eating. You cannot eat the blood because the life is in the blood. That's what the Bible tells us. The life is in the blood. And so, God establishes here... This prohibition about blood. And he does it here way back in Genesis. Way back here in Genesis 9. God instills in mankind a a respect for the sacredness of life. And as you go through the Bible, especially the Old Testament. God has a lot to say about blood. A whole lot to say about blood. In fact, The Bible talks about blood 424 times. And and as you're reading through the Old Testament, if you just kind of go straight through, especially get to like Leviticus, you're reading through, man, there's all this blood, all this talk about blood and rules about blood. And God really has a lot to say here about blood. And the reason God talks about blood so often and so much and has so many rules about blood is because God will send his own son, Jesus Christ, into the world to shed his blood. For our sins on the cross. It's not until you get to the New Testament that you, that you really understand why God is so focused on blood throughout the book. Why he, why he makes such a big deal of blood. It's not until you get to the death of Jesus Christ that you, you get it. And once you get to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, then it's like, oh, okay. All right, now, now I see why you're telling me so much about blood. Now I see why you have so much to say uh, about blood. You're, you're preparing me for the sacrifice of your son and his shed blood. And so you have been instilling this reverence for blood to prepare me for the sacrifice of your son. Now I get it. You get into the New Testament. Matthew 26, for example, Jesus made the new covenant. In his blood, right? For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1.20 says, We have peace with God through the blood of his cross. Through the, the, the life is in the blood, through his life that he freely offered 
on the cross. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. His blood, His life redeems us and provides forgiveness for us. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 it says, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 9, we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are, we are declared righteous is what that means. By God. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.13 You who were far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.12 says Jesus sanctifies us by His blood. It's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood. It's the blood, it's the blood, it's the blood of Jesus that does it all. It's, it's, not, it's not the moral life that he lived that saves us. It's his shed blood. It's his life that he laid down in our place as our substitute, taking our sin for us that saves us. And so way back here in Genesis 9, Right after they come off the ark, God starts talking about the blood and having reverence for and respect for blood. And it's, and it's going to lead up to the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 5. Surely for your life blood, I will demand a reckoning from the hand of every beast, I will require it. And from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. So he's talking about murder here. And, and, uh, and the Old Testament does make a distinction between murder and killing someone in like self-defense, for example. Or accidentally. Whoever commits murder should be put to death, it's saying. And so now this, is, this becomes the basis for capital punishment. Putting someone to death. Uh, uh, people sometimes will ask the question, what, does the Bible support the death penalty? Uh, and the answer is yes. It does support the death penalty. But I want you to note here the reason. The reason, because the reason is important. The reason is important here. It's an important distinction. Why should a murderer be put to death? Verse 6. Because in the image of God, he made man. Because mankind is made in the image of God. And so, so taking a human life is an attack on, on God. And that's why the perpetrator should be put to death. He asked me how I know, and I say, Rings truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. 
Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the